And welcome back to Down the Slope. We've had our two-week summer hiatus. Some of us have been modelling and topping up their tans. Liam, how are you doing? Yeah, it was all right till that comment. No, I'm doing all right. <laughs> Thanks, mate. It's fresh for holiday. Still waiting to get back on UK time, but I'm getting there. It was, what was that? Any key highlights of the holidays you want to shout about on the pod? Well, there's probably one highlight I should talk about, uh, but I didn't really like talking about that. <laughs> no, I go on then. I'll talk about my, my murdering Benny King uh, oh, in the yeah, early, hours service of, there, right? early, early hours of, I think it was Thursday morning, uh, in a bar full of probably about 200 American and Mexican folk. Uh, there was me and one other boy from Wales who had made pals with who were the only survivors that night from, from the UK, uh, doing us proud, our Welsh brothers. Uh, anyway, move on. <laughs> uh, quality, now, like, um, the, the, me and the rest of the boys have been listening, uh, just living vicariously through Liam on holiday. I've not been away since like 2019, but holiday today. But Greg, how are we doing? Yeah, not bad, mate. How are you? I am not too bad. Have you still been on the gym grind? Yep. Um, yeah, it's tough, but pre-season starts on Wednesday, so, so needs must. Beautiful. And we're going to have a dominating performance as always? I, w- I would say so, yeah. I've missed it. And <laughs> I actually seen a couple of couple of questions come in that mentioned me and I'd like to address them, them pretty sharp. <laughs> so we'll get down to that. Don't <laughs> worry. But the man that's going to host that segment, Ewan, you're not feeling too great today with a voice, but how are we feeling overall? Good, mate. I just hay fever's kicking my cunt in, to be honest with you. Um, but it's funny what Liam's talking about his holiday. My missus actually in Mexico just now, and she seems to be texting me saying good morning and waking up as Liam was spamming us with shite in the group chat. So <laughs> I think that sort of tells you about the contrast in holidays that they had. Yeah. Um, oh, but no, yeah, no, I'm good, mate. Let's say just unfortunately trying to stay inside as much as possible, even though we seem to be having good weather and that extends to Falkirk, and even if Greg might not believe so. Well, back in the 1970s. <laughs> I'm going, mate. <laughs> But yeah, no, quite quite a few things have happened. Not not as speedy as the first like patch of the transfer window. But one thing I want to talk about, we made a bit of a joke about earlier. Obviously, Liam, you got the first glance at the new home kit. Um, what are you rating it out of ten? And I, I went I went to the uh, club shop over the weekend and I thought it looked a lot better in person. Is that kind of how you're vibing with it as well? Uh, I do think it looks better in person than it looked in some of the initial images that were shared. Uh, I've got to be honest, I, I, so I, I still like it, I like it. Um, I don't like it as much as last season's home kit, but then last season's home kit, I think I said at the time, was one of my favourites in a very, very long time. still think it's a good kit. I'm, I'm always less keen on the dark green, and clearly there's quite a big chunk of it that's dark green, and that's the one thing that maybe takes away from it slightly for me, because I think we should play an emerald green um, as much as possible. So, But yeah, still, still all in all a good kit, and I think altogether it does look good. I definitely, uh, Greg. I know that you're a big fan of collecting shorts as opposed to tops. But how's the shorts yeah. fair? And I know you're a big sock fan this year. <clears throat> nah, yeah, the socks. The socks are disgusting. Um, yeah, I mean the, the shorts are pretty, pretty basic. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the top, but yeah, I guess we'll see what happens when we see it in person. 
maybe a lot better, but um, the shots seem to be seem to be okay so far. But unfortunately, I can't get a hold of any trading stuff, um, which is which is a bastard. But we'll keep trying. Well, is it sold out already? Uh, yeah, so I went to get a training top, and the smaller size I had was three XL. <laughs> Fat bastard! I'll be perfect when I go to the Clyde game. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, it is it is tough, but hopefully, hopefully they'll get more in, and yeah, I can kick a bit. What are you going for? For hips. Um, to be honest, it's a training top and the training shorts. So the, far. What? Uh, what? The mint the one mint or the white, white or the? Oh, the mint one. one. Uh, the oh, mint one. Right, yeah. That's incredible, yeah. to be honest. I want the I want the quarters up, mint quarters up. That's I think that's what yeah. I'm. To, to be honest, I think I might just get. I really fluctuate the mint, mint this season, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty sexy, to be fair. Uh, to be fair, when we were there, Bex got the white one, and um, it's actually pretty smart. To be fair, she wore it when she was playing five. She said it felt quite good on so if you're wanting a new bit of training gear I don't know why we're plugging the club shop so much we should be getting sponsored for this but <laughs> you and round us off uh, thoughts on the home kit as a whole Aye, it's decent I, I've not seen it in person yet I've not been through the shop um, so I agree with Liam though I think I much prefer when it's emerald kits um, it was a bit like mine we had that diamond one and it was there was a real heavy side of it being the darker colour it's a bit like that um, but not look it, it's a nice idea People have their different thoughts on it, but I, I think the white going down the side and stuff's a nice touch. I think it maybe would have been nicer if it had been all emerald, but obviously, how are you doing that if you want to put the West Stand on it? So, no, I think it's it's good. Not as good as last year, but by no means one of the worst that we've had. Ah, definitely. And just to round it off, I'll give my sister's opinion, who showed me the back of the top and said, if this is, was the full top, it would be a perfect top. So um, that was kind of her opinion. Am I not saying it's a different colour of green on the back than it is on the front? I don't actually, I think it's the same, but I think it's just, it looks, I, I, genu- I kind of that's just, from, I just thought it looked nice when it was just a smooth, mm. I just think it's a nice colour of green. Um, but as we've said, we all disagree on that. Anyway, <clears> but <throat> moving on, I'm sure you've not tuned in today to hear us talk about kits, even though Liam looked banging in it. Um, we're here to talk about the banging new signings we've made, guys. Um, so let's start in non-chronological order because we like to mix it up like that. Greg, you've got the best grasp of the latest signing we've made, a striker. Talk us through him. Do yeah. You can say his ah, name. You, you pronounce his name better than me. Oh, Ellie Yuan, I believe his name is. Um, and what, what did you make of that signing? Um, just on paper. I know we, realistically we don't know much about him, but what was the initial reaction? I was... I was just delighted it wasn't Yaya Sanogo, as some people were saying. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I thought, look, he seems to be a promising promising young player, six foot, pacey. Um, he, he's done well in Switzerland, to be fair. Uh, I think he was in Belgium as well, and he was also at Nantes. So, yeah, like, I think he's exciting. He's probably had something different. Um, big, powerful, pacey strikers, exactly what we've been needing. So we'll, we'll see how he adapts to the game, but we do need to give them time. We need to be patient. You know, unfortunately, these things don't happen overnight. So, hopefully, not as long as Melkerson. But you know, let's have a little bit of patience for the boy. Let's not start crucifying our early doors. And Liam, we don't want to be hot dog fetishizing antler havers, <laughs> um, but putting stats aside, you did look at his record. And you did say it was quite impressive. Um, Talk us through is why you thought it was quite a good sign on the face of it. I'm not sure about his record, but I, I don't think his records particularly like stand out. He's, he, he's 
played for a decent pedigree of football clubs, um, which I think is probably the thing that was maybe most impressed by in terms of the CV. Um, you know, pretty big clubs in the, the countries that he's, that he's played in. I think the only concern looking at what he's done recently is he did play just four games on loan at KV Mechelen towards the end of last season, didn't register a goal or an assist, but um, that, there could have been a whole multitude of reasons for that. We don't really, it's a signing because it's come from a, I suppose a market that's not close to the UK. We don't really know a huge amount about the clubs that are there and the predicament that they're kind of playing in. So it, it certainly uh, kind of comes in with a bit of a fresh slate and I think looking at him um, and his sort of highlight reels and stuff, he does seem to be the kind of player that we're, we've been crying out for in the final third, having that pace to maybe get in behind and be able to run at people. Um, I don't think he'll be a centre forward. I don't think he'll be a striker. I think he'll probably play off the left um, based on based on the bits that we've seen of him. Uh, but, but yeah, you know, another welcome addition, I suppose, in that final third. And you and round us off, what type of do you reckon he's going to be an instant starter in the team, or do you think he's just kind of adding to the depth that we kind of need, as Liam alluded to, across the wings and up top? No, I think he'll start. Um, I'm I'm not sure that I agree with Liam in the sense that I don't. I think he probably will initially start down the middle. I think if we were putting out a team tomorrow, we'd probably be looking at a front three: McGeady, Yuan, uh, and. Uh, Probably Cadden on the right wing. I think if you know, I think if we were, I know I do. I think that would probably be our sort of four three three, if you like. Would probably be what he would, would look for. I think he looks not too dissimilar in mould and obviously experience to maybe someone like Canberra. Now Canberra obviously flattered to deceive at points, but he was a player that managed to come in Easter Road, adapt to Scottish football well, and ultimately, like you know, obviously all the baggage at the end, but done pretty well for us in, in his time here, um, and just. Yeah, I think the experience that he has at, at the clubs that like Greg and Liam have touched on sets him apart from the other youngsters that we've signed. I think, you know, like he's, it's not like he's just been kicking about sort of youth football and stuff. Obviously, 23 has got a little bit of experience behind him, mainly in the Swiss League. Um, his scoring ratio was about one in every 2.5 games, give or take, um, which is pretty decent. Um, especially for someone that looked to have played out on the left a lot. So hopefully he comes in and does well. And he's thrown bicycle kicks and, and training and everyone was loving Rauner Hauga for trying one against Dundee United. So we'll be Gucci. I think you'll I think he'll be more more likely to play through the middle for Hibs, to be honest, and out in the okay. out in the wide area. Um and I, I would I'd be surprised if Cadden starts on the right wing this season. Um I think his his minutes will probably come in a more defensive area than than, than right wing. Um, I guess you got to just, it, it just doesn't he just doesn't score enough goals or, or create enough great guilt of his chances, Cadden to be justifying a place in the start and on the right wing. But could be wrong, like, but I do I, I think that you know definitely compete definitely competing for a, a starting place. I think that's at the moment we're still what a month to go until the first league game of the season. So I would hope that we're we're still looking at a number nine. I'm sure we'll come on and talk about that later. Indeed we will. But you and your name dropped him. The second latest signing that we made um, is someone that I've been waxing lyrical about and wanted Hibs to sign. But to be fair, if we'd signed him two years ago, probably would have been a bit more excited than I am now. But Aidan McGinney is a Hibs player. Ewan, how does that make you feel? Aye, good. Like, I'm not going to sit here and just contradict everything that I said over the last like, month or that when I was pretty vocal about probably not, Why not? thinking it's a great signing. Um, but I think that 
was a lot of that was clouded by the fact that he's of his age and his injury last season. Like when you actually like you, you know, I think Craig Fowler done a good article in is it the Evening News or the Scotsman? You watch, I can't remember, but uh, that sort of spoke about his production when he has been available. Um, and he seems keen to come in and play, stressed that he wasn't coming as a coach or anything. So he obviously thinks that he's fit enough. And look, at the end of the day, someone with McGeady's pedigree, if he can be half as good as he has been in Scotland previously, um, then we should have a good, a, good, a good player on our hands. Good point, well made. And Greg, sorry, I thought it was you and it was the one that was being uh, happy, but it was you that was actually happy about McGeady signing. Yep. Um, talk us through why that experience. <clears throat> I was delighted to be fair. Um, I sometimes follow Sunderland, and I think it was a couple of seasons ago he basically dragged them to the playoff final himself. Um, and ultimately they got beat, but he, he contributed a lot that season. Um, Johnson's Payton Trophy final, where he scored two and they ended up getting beat as well. So I think that the boy contributes a lot. Um, I, I think he'll settle back into Scottish football absolutely fine. He's Good set piece taker, which is what we need. Um, free kicks, corners, whatever. So I, th- I think I think he's definitely someone that that will improve us. Um, he's got those standards that we talk about. You know, a lot of people go on about standards, and I think he's got these standards. He's been about the game a long time. He's won things. He's been places, and he's done things. So I, I think I think he'll he'll raise the standards as well, which. which there's no harm in that because I feel like last season we let those standards drop. So I feel like we've got good experience, but there's a massive, massive hole in the age gap between 23 and 36 when you start filling. Um, and and that, that is becoming a concern. I know we've mm. got a month before our first game, but the concern is that we don't have enough in between 23 and 36 year old. And not quite touching on that yet, Liam, but McGeady, um the only thing we've not really covered, what did you think make of his um, comments likening to Celtic? Obviously, I, I don't mind us signing a guy that's openly a fan of another team, but what do you think of the comparisons between Celtic and Hibs? Is it something that annoys you, or do you like the fact that it winds up the uh, Sticky Buns and Hearts fans? I think it's been, there's been a bit of an overreaction to it. I don't think he's saying anything that everybody in Scottish football doesn't know already. So I, I don't really get the... I don't really get why it's had so many Rangers and Hearts stars on strings for the last last few days. To be honest, um, everybody everybody knows that there is a better relationship between our club and Celtic than there is between our club and Hearts and Rangers. So, like, I just I really don't get the surprise. As a a young, I believe he's a Catholic, young Catholic man from uh, the west of Scotland. Outside Hibs, eh, sorry, sorry, outside Celtic, are there other clubs in Scotland that he could come to where he probably wouldn't get the same kind of vitriol and hate that he gets playing from Hibs is probably the only one that's safe, really. So it makes absolute sense from my perspective. Um, I've I've just very much enjoyed watching how how fucking wind up. Everybody's got an endpoint in the <laughs> obvious, uh, and I find it quite competitive, to be honest. But it's a thing that's on the rise. I noticed there's a quite a lot of um, uh, Hearts fans who've spent quite a lot of time talking about our summer transfer business. They're obviously really interested in, in what we're doing, which is always fascinating to see. Um, usually what you do find is Hearts don't tweet about Hibs at all, and then the minute they have a wee bit of success, all their fans start crawling out the woodwork mm. again and acting like uh, you know, acting like they've got a, a real keen interest in the, 
the good half of Edinburgh. So anyway, good of them to good of them. I actually, to, um, I actually find it very strange that people are so triggered by a man who has grown up following Celtic when it's chucked down your throat that Hibs and Celtic are brothers from every angle. So it's been chucked down his throat from an early age and he comes out and sees he's got an affiliation to to Birmingham football club. The thing is, he never walked out with an island flag saying, fuck Rangers, fuck Hearts, uh, Hibs or Celtic's wee brothers. All he said was it was a club that he always sort of, like you are saying, like he felt a little bit, like, I think that's normal, I think that's natural. He's not, it's not that he's not the first player that's signed for Hibs and said, I sort of wanted to play for Hibs. Mm. Like, I, people are obviously putting two and two together. But it's it's mental. The the and there's been some Hibs fans get wound up about it as well. And I, I just find that you'll find that you'll find that the you'll find the sort of the soup taker element of the, the football club. Um, <laughs> but, but there's just I just think people uh, yeah. look too much into it. Like his comments. Like what do, do we want players if to you, say? If you look at if you look at the way the two clubs were founded, there is an affiliation there. There's no doubt about it. The two clubs were affiliated. Celtic took Hibs players or whatever. So I, I, I just think that people are very quick to to label it that uh, he's not to be Celtic and Hibs or whatever. But it was different when it was Andy Halliday and going to Hearts. And so yeah, but I think people can bang that drum all they want. It's just very, very strange and it's pretty dinosaur behaviour to be honest. I think from that, from that point of view, probably the final thing I would say on it is. I think everybody in Scotland, outside probably Aberdeen fans, would agree that Hibs, Hearts, Rangers and Celtic are the four biggest clubs in Scotland. And, you know, Aberdeen have got this kind of delusion of grandeur that will, will, will exist for, for hundreds of years to come, but they're, they're probably the fifth biggest in reality. And if you're kind of grown up as a Celtic fan in the west side of Scotland, you're probably taught to grow up to hate Hearts and Rangers, mm. but you're probably not taught to grow up and hate Hibs and Hearts, uh, Hibs in the same way. Uh, so it's maybe less of an affiliation and it's more mm-hmm. just a, there's the same level of dislike doesn't exist. Now I know yeah, we're in trouble dislike. from a certain Hibs TV commentator <clears throat> if we're talking about hate and other football clubs. But I think the reality is that, that that's, you know, when it comes to football in Scotland, it is tribal, um, no matter what time it Manus might say, I think. See, so, so, to be honest, just, just um, sorry, Liam, just before we, we really start ripping the arse at this point, he, he will have gone <laughs> to other, other grounds in Scotland and been called things that he wouldn't have been called at Easter Road. So, so why why wouldn't he respect Hibs? Um, I don't al- know. Almost, I could still would almost like the Hibs to an extent, but because, you know, it's just that if you go to a Hibs Celtic game, especially at Parkhead, the atmosphere is so much more different than when Hearts or Rangers go or any other team in the league goes. So, but yeah, that's, I'm sure the Daily Record can make a story out of that and they'll run it for six, seven, eight, nine months solid. But, no. Eden McGeady probably attacked all the Rangers players as well. Now <laughs> <laughs> um, that we've um, mentioned our favourite blonde-haired tipped friend, um, we'll move on to the people that 
he should be joining that have left the club. These transitions, Harry. But I cannot take this moment away. Um, he's been called some unsavoury names by a certain person for a good couple of months now. Um, Greg, there was a certain right back that signed from Motherwell. Um, how do you feel about Paul McGinn leaving Hibs? Yeah, I just had to check the day on the calendar. I thought it was Christmas. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh no! Oh, another loser out of the club. Um, absolutely dreadful in the semi-final against Hearts. Dreadful in the final against Celtic. Shouldn't have been seen after Christmas. Should probably shouldn't have been seen before Christmas. But there we go. Um, yeah, it's about time we got rid of players like that. He's he's a bottom six player. Um, I know we finished bottom six last season, but we're above that. Um, so yeah, over the moon to see him go, and hopefully Paul can follow suit. But I think that one might that ship might have sailed. Um, Liam, I think you were probably the kindest to Paul McGinn out of the four of us. Um, were you sad to see him leave, or do you think it was an understandable decision? Nah, I don't think I'd go as far as to say sad to see him leave. I was I was comfortable with the contract extension in the sense that it provided us some cover in a couple of positions, but I wasn't exactly ecstatic to see the extension happen. So. You know, I think, I think it probably makes sense for him to go to Motherwell. It probably feels like quite a good fit. Um, just in, in terms of the kind of stage he's at in his career, he's 31. You know, he's played, played most of his career at full-back, so you'd probably expect that he'll start to regress over the next couple of years. Um, so it makes sense from our perspective. And, you know, Lee Johnson's also had a chance to have a look at him. And he's decided that he's not the man for him. So I'm, I'm good with it from that point of view. Good to see us being ruthless. And you, and that's um, something that's kind of prevalent. Do you think that was ruthless, or do you think it could potentially be reckless from Johnson? Ooh. Both. Um, probably. I don't. I don't think it's ruthless. I think it's a move that probably suits everyone. Um, Hibs free up a wage of someone that we would like to think wouldn't have played. I know we spoke. Oh, he won't play fifteen games in that. And Liam's question where we're plucking the figures from. So I'd hope. Hopefully. Uh, I've hopefully got a wage off the bill that we wouldn't have been expecting to feature much and for him he could probably go and play games um, at Motherwell um, although you know I don't see how a Paul McGinn fits into Graham Mike's Alexander when he plays players like sort of Bevis Mugabe at right back over Stephen O'Donnell who obviously has his limitations but I would rather have him at full back than Mugabe so I'm not sure that McGinn meets the physical presence required to be a Motherwell defender but look at Paul McGinn was Paul McGinn. His Hibs career was probably noted as similar from his entire career. Solid, <laughs> some FA performances, some poor performance, but also some perfor- periods of time where he performed really, really well. Like, I don't like, yeah, last season was poor and it was a poor from everyone, but in Paul McGinn's first full season at, at the club, he was very, very good. Like we shouldn't, like we can't, we shouldn't just forget about that. Like it doesn't take away from maybe his shortcomings. Uh, last season, but in his first year or so at the club, I thought it was really good. Um, like, I'd not sit in here. In terms of the reckless thing, obviously, Harry Clark's moved on as well. Or not moved on, but not had his loan uh, had his loan terminated. So, you obviously do just have Lewis Miller and Cadden as your right-back options, and it depends where Cadden's seen as pl- playing. Um, so, we might need to look at a right-back now, having went from a position of at least in numbers, strength. 
Yeah, fair. And we've got one more actual official move. There's been some rumours and stuff, but we'll probably not touch on them today because we've got two other discussions to be had. What? For two, you dick. Oh, but, like, you can count McGregor if you want, but I think that's just stupid. So you're, need you. you're getting coming to last because you're an ass. Um, Matt Macy has left the club. Um, I, I, I wasn't a big fan of Matt Macy. I think all of us agreed after his debut against Hearts that Dabrowski should have been starting for the last half of last season. Um, but I don't think Macy was as bad as you guys um, tend to think. I think he's probably a middle-of-the-pack goalkeeper in terms of Scottish football, which obviously after Marciano wasn't quite good enough. Um, but I think the abuse he got as he left... Um, was a bit unwarranted and then all the wee gimps with footballers are like it's not gimpy to do it's gimpy but um, all the ones going on the looting post and saying oh you've got Poppadome risk keeper I think that's a bit classless and a bit crap Um, just my two cents on it but yeah what I didn't get it I actually didn't get it like see if a player you want leaves you then go and give give that person more energy by tweeting about it and that I don't, I don't get it. Because we'll come on to it later. Like, it does, like, the people see it these days. Like, players are on social media. If you're tweeting about them, they're going to see it. I just don't think, like, we've had some really bad players that have clearly not cared about the club over the years, and I don't think he was one of them. But that's me just going on a mini rant. Um, Liam, talk to us about Matt Macy. Um, any well wishes or just not really care at all? I, no, I don't, don't wish him any ill will at all. He was fine. Um, for, for spells, mm. he, was, he was probably slightly below par in spells, but... Overall, he, as a sign, and he, yeah, I mean, I think you summarised it well when we said we had Marciano, who was probably slightly better than who we were at as a club, but Matt Macy was probably slightly poorer. So um, we signed someone who's better, and we've got a fee for Matt Macy, so it's an absolute no-brainer to move him on. I just, it's just one of those total sensible decisions, probably in the same way that the Paul McGinn one's a sensible decision. No qualms from me. It's, is it the right thing to do? Yes, we'll get him off the wage bill and, and move him on, and it creates an opportunity for someone else, hopefully. Uh, but I just, yeah, I just, I, I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't have any, don't wish any like negativity towards someone because he played for the club and he did okay at times. But he, he was probably, he probably statistically one of the three or four worst goalkeepers in the league. So move him on. Yeah, and Greg, what's your thoughts? Well, he was bag average when he was at his best. Um, wasn't impressed. His kicking was atrocious. Um, I don't think he don't think he was good enough at all. To be honest, I think he was probably a short term option that turned into long term. So, um, yeah, glad to see the back of him. Don't don't wish him any harm. I just don't think he's good enough to be at the football club. Um, going to a small club like Luton, though, he might <coughs> thrive. Um, but we've certainly improved in the goalkeeping department. So I don't think we can have any complaints. In, a, in my opinion. Dabrowski's a better goalkeeper. Maybe a slightly slightly raw, but I think he's got the attributes to be a better goalkeeper than Matt Mason. And you know, just to round us off on goalkeepers just now, with the situation being um, Marshall, I, I, I would think we'd all agree Marshall starter, uh, Dabrowski backup, potentially cup keeper. And then Murray Johnson as well, who's obviously kind of thriving um, in the youth team. Are you happy with that? Or do you think that we need another backup? And obviously Mitchell left the club as well. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm, uh, the goalkeeping department's pretty strong. I think Dabrowski proved himself as a able deputy last season. Um not without his flaws himself. Um I don't yeah, went and I just when it comes to Macy as well, like people will throw it on like, oh he should never have played in the cup final uh, against St Johnson. He was probably the only player that turned up that day. You know, saved a penalty like, thought it should have probably given everyone a kick up the arse. 
generally performed well in the bigger games, I would say, Macy. Um, you know, like the Derby at heart at Tynecastle Man and the match clean sheets at home at Celtic, like not not awful, but just I'd imagine a high earner, so good to get him sort of off the books. And we got a fee and you you said earlier, do we go does he go with well wishes? Any Hibs fan that doesn't, because I'd imagine if there's a sell-on fee in there, I think there's some potential add-ons probably yeah. around Luton's position and stuff. So, no, he absolutely goes with all my best wishes. I hope he goes down to the Championship, excels, and we're all like, where the fuck was he that for us? And we end up getting more money. You know, like, it, it, it doesn't make any sense for me to be... You never came out and said anything about the club or anything like that. But, yeah, goalkeeping position's pretty strong. Obviously, we're assuming Marshall's going to be good, but I think so. And that there's one person that technically hasn't left the club, but he has stopped his playing position as Ewan was so desperate for us to consider him a lever. Um, Darren McGregor, absolute cult hero of late. Um, don't know if I'd be as strong as to say club legend as of yet, just because he's not really played that many years compared to some people I put in a club legend bracket. Mm. But... Um, that's, that's a good debate to be had, but that's probably for another time. Um, anyway, well, let's have it now because that was shocking. Show, let's have that debate right now. Would you say he's a club legend all time? Who would you say he's a club legend? I'd said club legend, club legend. And I just okay, okay. I think what you raised is a good point, though. Me and Greg were speaking about this, it might have been before or after the St. Johnson game. Has Darren McGregor at any point in his Hibs career been the first choice centre half? Maybe. The season, because so the season he came in, by first choice, like first choice in the, the two that are selected. Aye, because like in his first season, I would say he was probably third behind Hanlon and Fontaine. The second season, we brought ended up bringing an FA Ambrose and so back, Hanlon. I know it's like, do you think it's just I, yeah, I first choice in you if we play a back team this week? But did he did, but did he play every week? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, that could be it. No, I'm just saying, I think it's only been a, I just think it's been a small period of time where he was the first choice. Like, I actually think I was, I was just I mean, it was a conversation. He came, he came to him late in his career, like, didn't he? And yeah, oh no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, it's done, as, as done, as, no, it's done, it's done, it's done very, 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 very well, to be honest. Yeah. I like the move, at football. I like, I like the move. I like the move as well that he's going to be playing and sort of coaching in the development squad. Um, I mean, we still don't know what the development squad looks like doing next season in terms of bodies or games that they're playing. We keep on hearing about this games program, um, but obviously the three other big teams in the league are going to be in the in the Lowland League next season, and we won't be. So, I guess the proof will be in the pudding in the next couple of years. Ah uh, well, they're a bunch of rats who are trying to ruin uh, non-league mm. football in Scotland, so sack them. Um, but yeah, as, have we got any other thoughts on Darren McGregor? I, I I just want to say I do love Darren McGregor. I think he's very handsome. I was just thinking of like club legends in the sense of like top. I'd say maybe like fifteen players ever. I'd put in the, the club uh, legend bracket, and I wouldn't say that Darren McGregor's in there. Um, legend's but, yeah. an overused term. It's an overused yeah, term, yeah. and I, I think that's why people, some people, have an aversion yeah. to it because sometimes guys come and do two or three years and they get called a legend when actually you know cult hero is probably more an appropriate term or maybe not even cult hero and just hero um, I do think legend generally has just become a word that's thrown about in football um, mainly by losers that use uh, social media and reply yeah. to tweets on the sport bible um, but I just I just think that there's just like, there is a thing in, in football just generally at the moment where there's there seems to be a real vacuum of vocabulary and everybody just uses the same three or four words for everything and it's it's um, 
that's just football speaking it. Legend, like, aye, shite. There's no the pe- people that are legends at Hibs. Really, I mean, there's there's, there's probably a re- relatively limited number of them that are kind of modern day legends, like Stevenson, McGregor. Say it. Good say, it. Say, say it. Say it. Go and say it. Say it. And obviously, you know, Chris Stagnall as well. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, by your guys' logic, as soon as I questioned of uh, McGregor's uh, club legend status, you all went to what the Scottish Cup. So did Chris Dagnall. Um, but yeah, move, moving on. Um, the only other kind of club type update we've had is the squad. Um, the club's going over to Algarve. They're facing the likes of Hartlepool, Norwich. I think they might be playing a third team over there. No, no they're not. What am I chatting about? Um, we're just playing Norwich later on. You um, talk so much. Hartlepool and Burton Albion. <clears throat> Hartlepool and Burton Albion, that's the two. See, they're Hartlepool's yellow. They're on yellow. YouTube the morning. Hartlepool, the Hartlepool games on YouTube the morning for free. Uh, Wednesday, I think. Oh, Wednesday. Oh, but by the time folk are listening to this. Oh, well, yeah. True. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow <laughs> Wednesday. Aye. Aye. But there was two notable absences from the squad, which probably means we've got a couple guys going out on loan. Um, Dan mm. McKay and Dylan Tate didn't make the squad. You and you seem to be quite I alerted know. by that one. I ain't finished. Oh, that's a pretty shout. I don't know. Unless they go on loan in the week that we're away, why why would they not be there? Like, I, I know that that might be such, that's just where, the way my head went. Unless they And yeah, that was just like, I, I just don't, unless the deals were to be completed this week, I don't see why they wouldn't be on the trip. Like, I think one of them's one one of them's probably still injured because Dylan Tate was injured all at the end of last season for Kelly and didn't play. So good chance that he's injured. And then there's, there's five other players there that are rehabbing as well. But they're re- maybe at the rehab stage of their injury and he's maybe not at the rehab stage. Yeah, yeah, maybe. They, they, they explicitly said it's rehab. The reason the guys are there, they're not taking people who are injured just for a jolly. Aye, so but then did we not get no images? Of, train. Did we not get images of Dylan Tate at the end yeah, of the season? Dan McKay was training, was, was training last week, um, so it could Tate. be that he's going out and loan somewhere. I don't think I've seen any images of Tate. I see, um, the Tate season. images were um, he was in at HTC at the end of the season after Kelly had finished. He was after in day and running by himself and stuff. Uh, but it's an interesting one with the pair of them. Even if they do go out on loan, like um, I'm not. I thought they would both at least get pre-season. You know, like I don't, I don't know what you guys make it, but I'm surprised if we don't. Because for me, I don't really want to send anyone out on loan till towards the end of the window. You know, like because you just don't know what's going to happen in that time frame. Like it's, it's a surprise, especially the Dylan Tate one's just getting weirder by the window, really. Because um, what this is the third manager, and Maloney obviously just decided that for whatever reason he was just going to punt him, but then. Went to get, ah, it's, it's strange, they're two weird cases. I don't know what he's making it. Question apart from, I can, I think I can think of three apart from Nisbet, Doyle, Hayes, and Cadden. Is there any players left that were signed during Jack Ross's time? Signed during Jack Ross's time, yeah. Uh, so the January window, we brought in Paul McGinn, Greg Gone. Doherty, Gone. Um, Mark McNulty, Gone. Omionga. This is going to make really good content for the listeners. I was listening to this <laughs> and go sign this. I think you might be. I know. I, th- I think. I think you might be right, Harry. That's mad. They just weeded anybody that Jack Ross brought in the club. Maybe they're just getting rid of Tate and Kai for that reason. Um, Correct. I agree. Right. Get them all out. 
but get them all in before. <laughs> Goodbye, well. Nisbet. Get out of here. Um, I'm joking. I love you, Kev. Um, but yeah, any any thoughts on the preseason games? Are we, are we good? I don't think we do predictions for that. I don't really care about the score. I want to hear what you think about Mackay and Tate. All right. Oh, what do I, I? I don't think it means anything. Um, to be honest, I think that um, they've probably got. A I don't know. I mean, Dylan Tate was done at the last hour. Don't know who scouted him. I think that was a Matthew signing, so probably shite. Um, Dan Mackay. I don't know. I think he's he's got potential. Didn't help himself by missing the chance against Rijeka. Oh. Um, I don't know. You never know with players like this. They might they might come and surprise us and. And do well this season, but Yoon's already got them shipped it. So that's just, it's just especially Dan McIver. He was in training with the first team for the first week of preseason, and he doesn't even travel. Maybe he's got personal circumstances going on. Yoon, you don't, you don't know. I know. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Since Yoon knows his fucking weekly schedule inside it. <laughs> Jesus. <Yeah. laughs> oh, do you know what? I just, I think we're just fucking, we're looking for something to talk about, aren't we? Like, two players have been made so the pre-season well. squad and there could be a multitude of reasons behind it. We could all speculate. I, I, I would I would be surprised if both of them are away on a permanent basis. I think it could be could be interesting and loans for the two of them. Um, maybe Dylan Tate's going back to, to Rafe again where he probably should have stayed for the rest of last season instead of recalling him Falkirk where he played three games eh, eh, put them out to Kilmarnock sorry they played three games that was not a master stroke by the club and then Dan Mackay I think was just underwhelmed really at Kilmarnock but it's hardly surprising given the two managers that he played for mm. Tommy Knight and Derek McInnes are not really famed for their use of exciting tricky speedy wingers not famed for the use of keeping the ball on the ground. Not famed for playing football. <laughs> if, the, if the Lord wanted Route 1 football, he would have put grass in the sky. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Derek McKinnon's football on a 3G pitch this season is going to be, oh, it's, it's going to be a brilliant addition to the top flight. Oh, proper Brexit football, isn't it? Oh, no. right, uh, before I start cringing too hard, let's think, all right, we've covered what the business we've done so far, players going out, players coming in. Um, what about the rest of the window? Do we need to see anybody leave before we come into any additions? Is there anybody at the club? Greg, let's not talk about Paul Hanlon at the current moment because we've only got two centre-backs. Um, but is there anybody we need to see leave the club? No. Any thoughts um, about that? No. Not for me. Yeah. Unless, like, the guys who we've just been speaking about. But... Yeah. Have you just changed your mind on Deutsch? Because I think you three want a Deutsch out. Sorry, I... I want Deutsch out. I, yep. I didn't necessarily want him out. I just thought he wouldn't be here. And actually, sorry, I yes slipped my mind there. But yeah, I no, think, I want him out. I think Dodge will move on. Not necessarily what I want, but I think that's what's going to happen. And the inklings has been that he will be. Nothing personal against him. Just don't think he's at it anymore. He looked absolutely done after his injury. And to be honest, I think we should, if we can free up the wages, and why not? I don't think we should continue with sentiment because he was good a couple of years ago. Let's just get him out, move him on, benefit him, benefit us. Let's be I think the only one for me would be Josh Campbell, to be honest, if we could either get him out on a permanent basis or on, on a season-long loan. Um, Send him to FC Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> no, less than 10 season ticket holders, allegedly. No, I think... Final club in the championship who, who gave us a commitment to giving Josh Campbell the game time that I think he needs, then I'd be up for that. Um, other than that, probably only other one for me is Rocky Bashiri. Mm. Uh, 
I know there's been a bit of a kind of move to kind of, I suppose, um, alter the PR around that player, but whilst that changes some of the maybe public perception, I think the reality was he wasn't good enough last season. So unless something has, has changed or new management works out from, then he'd still be a player that I'd be looking to move on um, under any circumstance. You know, there's yeah. I think rumours of some interest in him. So yeah, I'd, I'd definitely try to ship him out on a, a permanent basis if we could. I was already a discussion with someone, I can't remember who, but they were saying, oh, look, he's still young. Yeah, but he, he can't handle the ball. So if you've not learned to handle the ball at this age, then, then what chance have you got? I don't think he's. I don't think he's good enough. It's like it's nothing against him. There's obviously a clause that Hibs overlooked. Um, I, I don't think we, we require the slating of the player. I just no. think we can be open. We can be honest, and we can be mature about it and, and say that he, he isn't good enough for the club. But some people aren't. That's it, what it is. It's not against him personally. He just doesn't got the ability to beat the football club. And again, for his career, he should he should probably move on because I don't think he's going to help himself by staying at the club. It was interesting. I think Lee Johnson done a Q&A at the Hibs club and that's obviously when all the, the chat about Rocky. And one of the listeners did send us in a question about this. So I'm going to be coming out more, but uh, that's obviously when the PR stuff came out. But the I think he was quoted as saying he's got the sort of raw attributes, but he needs hours and hours and hours of coaching and... He's a not thousand dollars of defensive uh, coaching. I mean, so, come on. Mate. I don't think he's seen as a first-team option. Obviously, right now he probably is because he's we're one injury away to Hanlon or Porches. Hanlon's actually in rehab just now anyway, so but there's a fair chance that the back, the starting centre-halves against Clyde, as it stands, probably are Bashiri and Porches, just sort of from where we're at. Um, but I think we need to seriously address this age thing. I know Greg brought it up earlier um i just had a look there and now i can't remember how lee johnson defined the 4884 um what was that sorry i can what what was the what's the second eight bracket liam uh it's like pre 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 prime essentially like players are not in their peak but no sorry so what was the sorry aye, what's what was like what eight did they give an age bracket of the peak because Aye, 18 21, 22, 25, 26 to 30, and 31 to 30. 26 to 30, we have Joe Newell. Is that it? <clears throat> oh, yeah. 26 to 30, we have Joe Newell. 25, you've got Cadden, Nisbet, and Mitchell. Um, and that's it. Between... Was, is it 21 to 25, though? Yeah, yeah, but uh, I'm just saying. There's a lot of players in there. Aye, so, aye, but from 20. If we look at it from like you said earlier, Greg, the signing of a twenty-three-year-old and then a uh, was it thirty-six or thirty-six? So I think um, Marshall and McGee are both thirty-six. Like we, we, we literally have from the age of players that would still qualify to play under twenty-three football in England to thirty-year-olds, we have four players. This and, is where we're on England, then you know. No, but um, no, but, but so why did you raise it earlier if you were concerned about it? Like, there's obviously. No, a, uh, but I'm, I'm not looking at it. Oh, wait a minute. Ellie Yuan can still play under 23 football England. I'm looking at it as a whole because between the ages of 23 and 36, there's not a lot. But well, I mean, come there's on, four you're players. Still the arse at the there's, point. There's I'm four players. I'm not looking at it going, oh, well, wait a minute. I'm worried because they could fit in that category in that country. I'm concerned because the squad as a whole has a gap in it. But could they play at the Olympics? Well, oh. possibly. But there we go. I, I asked you, and he's the expert. 
I know, I was just under 23 in England. Lee, Lee, Come on, Lee, it's Lee, such Lee, a, a lazy and shite point you've made there. <laughs> Lee Johnson wants eight players aged 26 to 30, and he's got one. That's, that's, that's that means my in three point. years' time. And what categories can they play in? Are you just not? Are you just not going to make any points about player age after? Could, could they play in the Thursday league at Marine <laughs> Drive with me and Liam? Like, <laughs> well, what was your concern? Why bring it up earlier then? My concern is that there's not enough bodies Aye, what, between the age of 23 and 36. But if it's just a ca- if, it's just, if it's just a category, there, Greg, what does their age matter? Make your you point. Under What's the worry? Football in England. What's the worry? <laughs> Why are you bringing up under 23 well, football if, in England? If we've got we're 23 year old, if we're not in England, then surely our 22 and 23 year olds are good enough to play. Why do we need to sign anyone between the age of 23 and 36? You brought it up earlier, so you can't you can't build a squad between the ages of 23 and 36. So, so we surely we need to bring bodies in for it. Our centre-halves are fucking miles apart from each other in terms of age. We need to bridge the gap. 27, 28, 26, they sort of ages we need in positions. That's my point. I'm not fucking talking about, I don't know, it's Algerian football or fucking right, who fits in there. For, 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 me, for, me, for me, it's, it's, about, it's about having the right blend of like experience and having, I suppose, that athleticism that you have in your late 20s, because that's supposedly your sort of athletic peak. I can't say I was in my athletic peak in my late 20s. I think it came earlier in my 20s, to be honest. But supposedly for footballers, that is their kind of athletic peak, that and experience and the blend of those two things meeting nicely. And that's why so many players are just so, so much more productive and have their best years of their career in the later years. Clearly, it's not true of absolutely everybody because there's always exceptions to the rule. Some guys go on and do better in later stages. Some guys hit their peak way earlier. But that, I think that's the key thing that he's trying to find and he's trying to find that balance within the squad. And quite clearly, at the moment, we don't have it. Um, I mean, I, I, I agree that we need to address it. I think we need to sign more players that are in their prime because I think we need to have more players of experience who we can rely on to play every single week. Um, and, you know, we've probably relied upon too heavily guys who shouldn't be playing every single week for certainly the last season, um, either because they've not had the right level of experience or because they've been a bit over the hill. That's 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 been in a nutshell the problem. So we do need to we do need to recruit more prime players. But I think he acknowledged this himself in that press conference. They're the most difficult players to sign because clubs want to keep hold of those guys that are in their prime years. So it feels to me like we've gone out and signed, and I'm sorry to use this phrase, but like we've gone out and signed all the low hanging fruit. We've gone and got the guys that are available now, and actually now we need to start working on some of the signings that are going to be a bit harder to make. You know, not free agents, not guys that are kind of available by the clubs actually going and proactively trying to sign players who clubs will want to keep a hold of. And we will need, do you know what, we will need to invest in that gap because clubs aren't just going to give us their players for pennies if they think they're in their prime. We will mm. need to go out and spend money to bring those players in. So if we the should. clubs want to do that, we'll be absolutely fine. But we there, there is definitely an issue. I would say so. It, We've seen it before, though, where the money has not been invested properly in the club, but that's that's previous regimes. However, I think this regime is a little bit happier to spend money, but we need to invest in the right areas. I think I think the other thing with prime players as well is they're not assets. So you buy them, you get the best years out yeah. of them, and then that's them. So when we signed Christian Doidge, I can't remember the fee exactly. I think it was about 300k. Christian Doidge, he was probably in his sort of mid to late 20s by that point. No, we're going to sign them. We're never going to realise any money back from that realistically, unless you know 
Tony Asgard at Dundee United's fucking mm. <laughs> <laughs> fell and hit his head. We're no we're like realistic, we're not gonna see see a feedback from that. So um it's not an asset at the club, it's a guy that's gonna be a player who we hopefully get the best years yeah. out of. What positions do you think we need to like where are the most important areas that we need to get that experience? Centre half. Mm-hmm. Centre half is definitely one of them. I mentioned it a few weeks ago, Liam Lindsay, perfect. Left footed, I think he's 26, 27 year old, would fit, would, would bridge that gap between, I think, what's the Porteous and, and Hanlon, I believe. Um, yeah, even, I mean, in the midfield, we've got, we've got younger players, and then Joe Newell, and up front, which is all young players. So, yeah. I mean, we're only saying three, it'd be a centre back, centre mid, and a striker. Yeah. Mm. Well, if I could only sign two, I'd sign a centre mid and a centre half. No, I've number nine. So Kevin I, Nisbet I, I, I think Nisbet comes back. I think he fills it. And aye, when well, he comes back in October, November, what are you doing for the first half of the season? Aye, but then what, what, what are you doing? Like, we're not going to get a first team player that's going to get replaced when Nisbet comes back. It's tricky. But it can't, how, like, if if Doyce doesn't leave, we've all, how many strikers have we got? It's called competition. Is it five, would it be five strikers we've got if we kept Deutsch when Nisbet gets back? Deutsch, Boja, and. Yuan, Nisbet, Melkerson, Melkerson, I'm not, I'm not convinced either Bojang or Yuan will be, be number nines. Genuinely not convinced either will be number nines. I don't, I've, I've not seen either of them play right, so it's huge, huge, huge pinch salt. But like both of them have played the, well, certainly Yuan's played the vast majority of minutes on the left wing. They're still young guys. Don't really get many guys that are in their early twenties that transfer from another week. And then just mm. instantly get planked into the number nine position, particularly when they've played very little of that football in that position up until that point. I think they've been signed for their physicality and their pace. Given the sorry, given the the conversation we've had around prime ages, and do you think is it a surprise for any of that Dodge is sort of maybe not in Johnson's plans? Because if he wants to play play a high energy, quick attacking game, I would imagine there would have been part of that's getting a lot of crosses into the box like it should probably be a you'd think a style of play that would have suited a player like Christian Deutsch he maybe he maybe listened to our uh, squad review podcast <laughs> and heard us all say that he was done in the same <laughs> that was that oh everyone apart from me say he was done and that was it maybe like never know uh, for me it's got to be a centre half as well that centre half's got to be number one priority Um if I, if, to be honest, if we were getting two players, I'd probably want two set of halves. That's fair, to be fair. Like, I just think, but it's got someone to come in and start as well. That's the, you know, like, the, and it's difficult because I think Aberdeen just signed a boy for, like, Wickham or something. And you've just, you've not really got, you just don't know how these guys are going to come up the road and do. Obviously, did, did they sign someone from Celtic as well? I know that sort of Liam is focus on yeah. Irish football more than us. You just think he's a good player. But again, we should have been all over it, to be honest. But, but, but then again, he's inexperienced in our league and fits into the same category, if you like, in the age category of what we've already done. Like, so let's. Inexperienced is more experienced than no experience. So right, he's had a year to adjust to the league. And we're signing guys who've no experience at all with the league. And we're, we're already talking about them being our starting number nine for next season and relying on them to get the goals. Seen where that got us with Melkerson in the second half of last season. I'm sorry to labour the point, but like for, for, for me, we're right. putting all our hope in, on the first 15 league games of the next season on a 21 year old, a 22 year old, another 22 year old, 
one of them who's had less than six months experience in this country and the other two have got none I think we'll be in for a shock when our biggest problem last season was not our defence our biggest problem statistically last speaking last season was we didn't create the chances that we 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 put, we put together and we yeah. didn't score enough of the ones that we did create so the problem is in the final third at the moment Yeah I think for me the demand for a centre half comes from maybe the style of play I know we had the third best defence last season but obviously I mean we had 60-70% of the ball in a lot of the games under Strom right. I don't know what we've done with it right. was, was poor but again just if you take what the manager says at face value I think the defenders are going to have to be on it this season and maybe almost more similar to how Jack Ross team was I think the defenders got a lot more exposed under Jack Ross than they did under Maloney and we've seen the sort of shortcomings of that at least in the first half of last season um, but look we'll be going to the listener questions and when we get the first couple uh, that Greg wanted to address out yeah, the way I'm nice and early I'm allowed to host again. Oh. Or have you taken? Well, you, over you wanted me to do the questions. I, I, I was, I was gonna, because, but then you took the last twenty minutes off me, so I thought I might jump back <laughs> in again. You get softy territorial, Harry. Eh? Again, eh? I was, I was having a good time, and then you just it's took over right, and started asking questions. Fifteen, like, minutes, 15 <laughs> minutes ago, I went right. You, do you want to do the Twitter questions? Like, alright And then you didn't do the Twitter questions. You just started talking about random stuff. I was like, what's going on? What to talk about? So he was too busy engrossed in under twenty-three football in England. Leave him alone. I was going to start you were fucking done. You shut up. You shut up and you shut up. You're all getting called out because I think you're all gimps that do this. What's this Love Island pish you're watching? It's disgrace. Oh, thank you, Liam. Thank you. I've never watched it. Oh, I've never watched it. I never will. And what are you going to do about it, Speffy? You're going to get That's what you're going to. I'm, I'm actually missing it right now to come on this podcast. So <laughs> I, I've not watched it. This count week. yourself lucky, right? And and see if anyone's got a problem at me on Twitter, and we'll discuss the why I watch Love Island. Okay. I have to tell a lie. I watched the first three or four episodes, and I actually watched Fridays when I was at my mum's, and then I watched it last night. Uh, it's just shite car crash telly, but. Not he's not watched it because his bird's on holiday and she's told him he's not allowed to watch it until she's home. <laughs> she's back. That's, that's it. That's <laughs> no, do you know what actually No, you're right in a sense. She actually said, I'm not really into this before she went away. So we stopped watching it before she went. And obviously, it's the sort of thing that you probably have to be watching every night to keep a track yeah. of. Perfect. Right, let's move on. Right. With well, just, just to give context, um, Sean Steele did ask the question, why does uh, Greg watch Love Island, yeah. in his own words, loser? And the person that okay. responded to that question, Billy King of the North said, Sean, everyone should watch Love Island, incredible TV. Ha-ha. No ha-ha. Bad comment. Um, <laughs> but good question. Um, Billy King of the North asked, if I can find it. He said, with Rocky thinking fans hate him, are we guilty of going in too hard on players? What's the right balance of criticism without getting too personal? I would say that... Greg is probably too personal. Um, that's probably a line you don't want to cross. Um, I would say that. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> um, everyone, we're just having casual conversations about players, and then you're like, loser. Um, it's probably a bit hard. Yes. You go personal with um, us, who you have a relationship with, and then you take it to the next level when you right. actually talk about the hips players. 
Um, if I'm criticising myself, I think me booing the players off after losing a semi-final is probably also a bit extreme. No, I think you got no, 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 Harry. I don't no, think no. the booing, that, no, the booing's no. fine. The you being on the podcast the week before it, saying if James Scott starts, I'm leaving going out of the fucking ground. Maybe, why, why maybe would I the line. No, I think I think Boone's fine. I think Boone's fine. Yeah. But Liam, you're yeah, the level headed one. This question is probably good for you. What's what's a good balance to strike when criticizing players? I like Billy's question, but I think we're in danger of thinking that Hibs fans as football fans react differently from fans of all the football clubs. So if Rocky Bashiri and the club he was at had the same season that he had at any other club in Scotland mm-hmm. last season, they'd have got the same treatment. So this like vilifying for Hibs fans for the way they treated them when I don't think it's I don't think it's like it's specific to any one individual or any any particular set set of fans. The fans were frustrated. He was maybe a little bit of a scapegoat in some of that frustration last season. But ultimately his performances weren't good enough after he signed. Um and you actually asked me a question and I've just decided to respond to something else. <laughs> I'm I'm all for that as long as you give a good answer. I don't really care what the question was. The host has um, no backbone. Pardon? <laughs> and nothing <laughs> the host has no backbone oh sorry Mr gonna... Interrupter you behave yourself alright but you we'll he's going to boo you off the podcast tonight Harry <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Ewan you can answer this first and then Greg you have to answer it last after we've all had our comment I'm going to comment on it even though I have no clue at all Liam's probably most clued in but um, at Legod 0407 um, yep. at Greg I know what's coming um, I know what's who coming. displays at five yep. sides you mm-hmm. talk us through why what's what's happened with Greg's performances of late. I I, I, I agree know, they mate. went downhill. I, I don't know. I mean, he's obviously. I think he's probably his legs are past it. He's probably a bit of a loser. Uh, mm. Probably too mm. focused on his first. Do you know what I think it is? I don't think he's got the winning mentality to be able to perform <laughs> on a Tuesday and a Thursday. He's prioritised mm-hmm. the Thursday night with Liam and and Liam Brody and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's he's obviously no arsed for playing with his uncle and that these days. So maybe his mm-hmm. his his head's been turned by a little bit of transfer rumour, maybe. I, I, the thing is for me I think that Greg power to him is a very physical player but I think I think he's just got a bit overzealous to be honest I think he's hitting the ball a bit too hard when he's kicking it he's he's always trying to expand all his energy in the gym you know he's, he's uh-huh, just getting, I, think, I think he's got to find that sweet spot you know true I, I, was... I, I heard he got booed off <laughs> <laughs> But Greg, before before we've got one of your teammates to comment back mm-hmm. in, Liam, um, talk us through that comment. Yep. How did you feel when you saw that from your uncle on Twitter? I found it funny. Um, <laughs> he's always on my team. He's his job to score goals and he doesn't score enough. So <laughs> if he's not scoring the goals, I'm trying my best to defend. But he also doesn't track back either. So <laughs> a bit of a thankless task. So, I like, I like so the yeah. fact that like I think, you weren't yeah, actually I, I, shit talking there. You were giving it fact that he doesn't score enough look, goals. <laughs> he doesn't, and and to be honest, he's really fallen off the last couple of weeks. So this isn't all on me, but listen, Lee's eyes don't lie to him. Lee called me caviar the other week, so I mean, Foggy's not been there for a few weeks, but I'm sure he'll be able to give you an honest opinion on the way I go about my business at five aside on a Thursday. Liam, just before you I mean, I, th- I think I think he's I think he's had his his heart his eyes have been. I, I would. Turned, I would also just like to say that, that that we won the league that the fives on a Thursday um, won it the absolute canter, basically done it with eyes shut. So, but I'll, I'll let Liam come in and and, and enlighten you all. Go on, Liam. You can. To, I just wanted to say, um, respond on something Greg said there, and say 
guys that didn't track runners are a cancer to five-a-side football. I hate them. I hate them. So if you're not going to track, then you know what? Stay play. They play. play. Don't turn Another up. Another game. Yep. Choose badminton. Correct. I hate folk that don't track. I, it does my box then. But Liam, one, one question just before we move on. I'm still speaking about Greg's at five. Greg at five, sorry. Um, is has some would say harsh criticism, especially of defenders at the club, a bit more justified by his performances on the pitch? Because I think that if you come from a place where you play dominantly every week, then it is more fair to criticise others for their poor performances. Do you think he's earned the right to call Paul Hanlon one of the worst footballers in the history of time? What I would say, in, 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 so in balance, Greg is a very different centre-half to Paul yeah. Hanlon. And um, yes. Paul Hanlon probably doesn't get... So Paul Hanlon probably gets criticised for not being aggressive enough. Whereas Greg's, one of his best attributes is, uh, is aggression, <laughs> uh, I would say. If I was ever to compare him to a Hibs player that we've seen in the past, I think um, the best one I could come up was probably Daniel Johnson. Yes, Whoa. that works. That Whoa. works. That works. Whoa. Oh, I could, I could give some context to that. I know that's harsh. Greg once fractured our pal's spine at fives. <laughs> <laughs> My God! <laughs> oh wow! I mean, but you know what? It was an accident. It was an accident. But let, let, let us get it right. Right. If we want to talk about the way it happened, then we'll talk about the physics of it. Then let's get down to it, you. Yeah, don't just leave that. Greg, don't Greg, just leave that Greg went in for a very physical and fair 50-50 shoulder barge, it, of which was the equivalent of Darnell Johnson shoulder barge and Jacob Blaney. And the... I mean, it's our, not our poor, the case. Our poor pal, Dean... Went fucking flying into the sideboard and his lower spine smashed off it so hard that he fractured his spine. <laughs> it wasn't meant, right? It definitely wasn't on purpose. And I felt shite for about a week after it. And then I told myself to grow up and get on with it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so that is Greg and his football isms. Um, so yeah. moving back to more hips related questions, we'll, we'll be a bit quick on a couple of these just so we can get through as many of them as we can. Um, what results do we expect to see in the League Cup and will we see starting lineups or trying a few players out? I'll start. I think that we'll see a couple of close games and a couple of blowouts and I think that we'll win all of them. I think that um, just based on the fact I've got a lot of new players in, I don't think that we're going to hit the ground fantastically running but I think that we're still going to look pretty good I don't think we're going to beat anybody like 6-7-0 but I think we'll get a couple of 3 nils in there and I think we'll win a couple maybe like 1 or 2-1 you and we'll come at you next what are you thinking for the just the League Cup fixtures in the, in the group win them all win them all comfortably and get momentum we're playing against four lower league teams like I'm anything I mean I'm not saying 6 7 nils. like you can be comfortable and win 2-0 you know what I mean um, but we need, we need to get a little bit of momentum going and ultimately we should be aiming to try and win the League Cup so go out there and get the job done and Liam? Um, I would like us to make sure that we're through before we start trying out different things I don't want a, another repeat of Paul second bottom the way it's still in the album and he just tried to just completely mix up the team and it just went to shit I think we need to just go and make sure that we're through and then if we want to change things up, we can do. 
hopefully in fucking un, untried and tested fucking mope days up front. Anyway. And Greg, on that, what are you thinking? Well, we should crush Falkirk for a kickoff. Um, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I mean, it's a new manager, it's a new squad, of course, who's going to be trying things. You know, it's the first competitive game, so it's not going to be as easy as going out there and saying, oh, well, we'll just do what we usually do, because that's not the case. Um, I think we'll win, we'll win the group, should win it comfortably. I suppose as long as you win it, it's not a bad thing, but a lot of people look into these results the way you play against these teams to, to, to mark up against where we should be and what we should be doing against them. So, look, the pressure's on. These teams have nothing to lose, so they'll come at us, they'll try and press us, but we need to go out and, and hammer these teams, whether it's on the scoreboard or whether it's in terms of the way we go about our business on the park. But we, we do need to be putting in dominant performances. And I you think, want to end us off on that? Yeah, I just think the most important thing is that at one of the home games, me and Greg sit together and like three years ago, um, some idiot sits behind us and tells us Christian Dodge is shite and we should have signed Stevie May. So I would just like yeah. to know which, which one of the new strikers we'll be writing off after two League Cup games this year um, because oh, that was God. just superb. It was. <laughs> I, I think on the basis that he signed for Momud, uh, from uh, Rainbow FC, Momudu Joe Bojang will get written off very early doors because Rainbow FC haven't got a Wikipedia page, so... <laughs> Neither does Bojang. Yeah. <laughs> um, I noticed yeah, that. So I was no. looking at the squad earlier. You could there was no link to click on his name. I know. We'll make Bex, him Bex, um, Bex noticed that straight away. So um, I fair play. And also, I forgot to say thank you, Donny Swanee or Don Swanee, Tony Swanson, for that question. Um, moving on to what's our f- well, we'll do another fun one. Um, from one of our favourites, Fats Prickus asked, which Hibs player has the weirdest hobby and what? Was it or is it for that matter? I'll start with one because I can actually think of one. Um, our Norwegian friends, um, Runar Hauga and uh, Elias Melkerson, they what you got do tackle Fridays together. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a weird thing, but if you're doing tackles, do it on a Tuesday or a Thursday so you get the alliteration. They do tackles every Friday, just do it on the Thursday and then you get tackle Thursdays and it makes sense. I think that's really strange. Tackles, no quite. I get strange that you've thought about that. I agreed, but that's who I am, so I'm going to stick by it. I'll go for Martin Boyle and his tendency to be fully dressed in swimming pools. Yeah, that's fair. Liam, Greg, think of any? I've um, I've got on good authority that um, because he gets called the goat, sometimes Lewis Stevenson dresses up as a goat and just walks around random fields in a goat costume <laughs> for a laugh and Fife as well which more importantly, could lead getting bothered if he's no careful more importantly we need to come with Liam's favourite bin is oh true true so, have, you, have you got a preference? because uh, we, we've you know, relatively recently moved into this house um, it's the first time I've ever had my own bins and the one in this house that always gets filled up quickest is the packaging bin so I'd say that's my least favourite because it needs to go out virtually every week and only gets collected every two weeks. Uh, and the dog shit goes in the refuse bin, uh, so it stinks. Again, they just a normal bin. Um, so I'd say the bottle bin's my favourite because that's where I get to look at all the empties that I've consumed over the last couple of weeks and I quite enjoy oh, I have a good time drinking that. But did you, you, have have a, do you always did do you the crunch face shoot? when you pour the bottles in? Nah, I'm proud. I'm proud if I've tucked away a lot of Did, did, did you have a trash chute in your flat in Leaf? 
What's a trash shoe? Oh, I remember how they tra- <laughs> trash shoe. Oh my God, yeah. man. <laughs> cool stuff. But Greg, can you think of any uh, Hibs players with hobbies? Yeah, Paul Allen's ability to not want to do his job. That's a, it's a big hobby. Big uh, hobby is. He's been doing it for years, uh, to be honest. Do you, mind, do you want to just recycle 20 minutes when we said that this doesn't, it doesn't go personal? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's an observation. Well, it's not personal. <laughs> Um, a couple of suggestions were Sozzy86 um, said Russell Latta play, played cricket and called him an oddball. Completely agree. Cricket, no, no for me. Like, yeah, his, sport. His, his best mate was Brian Latta. So. Still yeah. not acceptable cricket, so a stinky sport. Like. And then Jay yeah. called with 319160044 said Ollie the goalie Robin Husses. Yeah, I was going to be your answer, but I saw that. that I've, brought, I've actually brought that up a couple of times where he is a robbing bastard um, <laughs> and robbed wages off Hibs for years. But yeah. Oh, God. Um, boy. And then we have got quite a few more questions, but just conscious of time. And I think this is a pretty good one to end it on, to be honest. Um, from Declan underscore HFC. Um, these are all Twitter names, by the way, if you're wondering why I'm saying out random letters or numbers after saying people's names. Um, said, who's going to be captain and vice captain? Likely a debate to be had. So we're not going okay, to take that on okay, who okay. we... Listen, listen, listen. We're not going to take that on who we think is going to be appointed by Lee Johnson. We're going to give it our opinions on who we would give if we were the manager. Greg, you can um, go first. First of all, observation. Joe Newell seems to be involved in a lot of stuff with the... Hibs Media. Um, I think he could be in a shout of being captain. I would like to see it being Porteous and vice captain. I would give it to Cadden. Oh, you and hit back at that. The ball's in your court. Uh, I agree with Greg just from the sort of content, but I think that's just because I've read it. It seemed that Joe Dill. I had a picture of Lee Johnson in his jeans on the first day back and everyone went, oh, they, they must, that must be important. Um, I'll go for, who do I want to be captain and vice-captain? Uh, captain Lewis Stevenson anytime he's on the park. I, I think that's a given for me. Um, so actual club captain would be Stevenson then? Aye, if you like, yeah. And then match day captain probably... <laughs> Joe Newell and... Vice captain, I don't I actually don't know. I've not got a clue because I don't want it to be Ryan Portress. What are you making three captains for? You goober. You're the one that said, you're the, mate. I said Lewis Stevenson anytime he's on the pitch, but then you went fucking club captain. I, I, I you didn't get up anytime you're on the pitch, captain. That's not a thing. Right, so you get club Stevenson, captain, you get vice captain. That's it. Yeah. Lewis Stevenson. It's like a meal for Americanisms. No, that's no, American football, you get about four last, captains. You, Fucking oh. two seasons ago, we had David Gray's club captain and Hanlon as something else. So then he talks shite. Just because the club's Ewan. done it doesn't mean it's justifiable. Liam, uh, Lou Stevenson Ewan. and Joe Newell. Many captains have an under 23 football in England. Louis <laughs> <laughs> Stevenson and Joe Newell. That's my two. Thank you, Ewan. Thank you. Liam. Um, for me, captain Momadou Bojang. <laughs> um, vice captain. Uh, Jair Tavares. Oh, we love to see it. So we're just gonna get some pace in the captaincy rules. Um, I would have That's vice how captain. much it matters. Uh, true. I would have vice captain as Ryan Porteous. So his song that we are trying to push actually gets good and because it's a cracker, and he will one day be our leader and captain. Blah blah blah. Um, and you can what? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw another curveball in there as well. 
let's give Davey Marshall the armband. Mm. Why not? I, I think he's kind of been brought in as a leader, so why not uh, solidify that and give him the armband? Harry, um, I've got one thing to say to that. What? Na na, Nina, 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 Nina. I don't like it. Um, well, that's it's not your best work to be honest but I think it's better giving it to him than giving it to Joe Newell to be honest I don't really understand why you would give someone that had the chance to step up as a leader last year didn't the armband but here we are Um, so yeah don't guys. leave us on that note Harry that was depressing gears are in okay. oh, I was expecting that no, to be a much the happier question no, gears are in addition to the poacher song to put us it Ryan no. Porches is our leader <laughs> he will one day be our captain he hates a heart and he just he fucking loves the cabbage. <laughs> I think that's a cracker. Um, but yes, on that note, guys, thank you so much. We've covered the transfer window so far, what we want to see in the future. We've covered our trip to Portugal and we've covered a bunch of somewhat good questions and somewhat nonsense questions from the Twitter. Thanks so much for joining and we'll be back next week. Cheers. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.